Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Celebration at the Times Square Palladium, November 18th. Tickets on sale now at kshow20.com. WEPN-FM, New York. Oh, you know that music. You know what that means. It means it's Saturday at 5 o'clock, assuming that the show started at normal time. It means it's time for what I learned this week on TikTok. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now, you might be saying to yourself, I'm new to this, Gordon. I don't know what this is, This what I learned this week on TikTok. Well, it's very simple. I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app. But it's because... I learned so much interesting yet completely useless information. And what I've done is I take those pieces of useless and entertaining pieces of information and we've crafted a little segment we do every single week where we uh, quiz the people who run the show, the people who are supposed to have all the answers behind the scenes about what is true and what is false. So I will be giving you four pieces of information. You can play along at home. Four pieces of information. Three of which I've I've basically made up. I've just completely concocted out of my own demented brain. But one of these things that I tell you is going to be 100% true, given that I've researched it correctly. It's not always a given, but I digress. So this week we have uh, Jacob, who is a a veteran of what I learned on TikTok. But we also have a rookie, Chantel. This is your first time taking part in what I learned this week on TikTok, correct? Yes, it is. All right, now, as the lady of the group here, you get to decide, do you want to go first? Do you want to put Jacob in the hot seat first? How do you want to approach this? I'll let Jacob go in the hot seat first. All right. Now, oh. two weeks ago, Jacob was was unbelievable. On fire. On fire, like nothing we've ever seen before. And hopefully, like nothing we'll ever see ever again, because it doesn't work that well if he's getting all the answers right away. So we will start with Jacob here. Give you a little feel for how this works here. All right, Jacob, uh, you ready to go, my friend? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, Robert De Niro was the first choice to voice the audiobooks of the Harry Potter series, but he turned it down because he hates magic and magicians. Number two, Eminem owns the rights to several popular artists' music catalogs, including Britney Spears. Number three, Jermaine Jackson of the Jackson 5 fame. His youngest child is named Majesty. Or number four, the Nightmare on Elm Street story is based on a true story. So to recap, give you a few seconds there to kind of process here. Number one, Robert De Niro, first choice to uh, voice the audiobooks of Harry Potter, but he hates magic as well as magicians, so he turned it down. Number two, Eminem owns the rights to several popular artists' music catalogs, including Britney Spears. Number three, Jermaine Jackson's youngest child is named Your Majesty. Or number four, Nightmare on Elm Street is based on a true story. Well, I think I know my answer already. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. This I'm, is not uh, good. Yeah, I know. Usually when I come out confident, it's not good for Gordon. So I'm going to go with uh, Eminem Music Catalog. Okay, you're going to lock that in right away there. And I'm going to lock it in. 
worried there for a second, but no, oh, it, that is incorrect, gosh. my friend. That is a big fat X on the board. Okay. I so now we're back to uh, square one. Robert De Niro, Harry Potter, Jermaine Jackson, Your Majesty, or Nightmare on Elm Street is based on a true story. Mm, Your Majesty sounds a little crazy. I don't know if I want to believe that one. Right. And if you are naming your kids Your Majesty, you seriously are narcissistic. <laughs> 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 but uh, let's see, Robert De Niro, or uh, what was the last one? Last one is Nightmare on Elm Street is Nightmare based on, on a Elm true Street. story. Freddy, is that Freddy Krueger? I always get those confused. It is, That's Freddy yeah, it is Krueger, Freddy Krueger, right? Yes. Yeah. I always get uh, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Jason confused. Usually it's Jason and, and Michael Myers, but they're not part of this. Yeah, they usually, uh, I mean, they look alike. And the right, guy it, from, it, uh, it gets me... Uh, and, I, and there was a time in my life where those movies were, you know, I love those. I love a good horror movie, but um, I digress. Okay, so hmm, I'm going to go. I mean, I feel like Robert De Niro does have some crazy tales, and I would not be surprised if okay. him voicing Harry Potter would be one of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that one. Robert You're De Niro. That one in. And sure. I'm going to lock it in whenever I find the lock. Oh, there we go. There it is, locked in, and it is also incorrect. That is also wrong. No, that one's one I just just made up. I don't know that Robert De Niro does not like magic or magicians. Um, And he would be a weird person to read an audiobook series, but, you know, sometimes that's the thing about these things. They they all seem kind of weird, but they could kind of be true. That's the goal. See, I was confident at the start, and now I'm reeling, and I don't (sighs) like it. Spiraling out of control. So now you're down to uh, Your Majesty. Or Nightmare on Elm Street, which is Freddy Krueger. Krueger, yes. So I'm just going to go with that one. I mean. Which one? Freddy Krueger? Uh, yes. Nightmare on okay. Elm Street is based off. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it was based off a true story. Based on a true story. And the I'm guy going. That comes after you and your dreams. Locked in? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that part was, but I'm pretty sure some of it was. <laughs> then I'm going to lock it in. He's locked it in. Yes, yeah, that is correct. It is actually based on a true story. Uh, it was about people that were. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact story, but yeah, it was a group of people that I think were uh, like nomads and they traveled someplace. And uh, when they got to the place that they are, people started uh, having such fear of the new place that they actually started dying in their sleep. And that was the uh, the genesis of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. So that's it. I mean, look, one for, th- you know, one out of three is not terrible. I mean, not the way I wanted to start. but No, okay. not the way you wanted to start it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have that many this week. I did not learn that much on TikTok. I, you know, the kids were home because of this dumb teacher's convention in Jersey, so I, I was uh, not allowed to waste as much time as I usually do during the week. So come on, Gordon. Don't, bl- I, don't blame the kids this week. I, 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 look, when all else fails, blame everyone else. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right, Chantel, you, you know how it works now. You, you, you see how, how poorly Jacob does, so uh, you really should feel confident that you can do better than that, right? I do feel confident. Yes. I am a TikTok connoisseur. Okay. So let's see. All right. Well, that that's not good for me. Uh, we're going to have to get Chantel moved to the Dave Rothenberg Show along with Julian because he's too good at this as well. All right. Here you go, Chantel. Uh, first one. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has not eaten candy since 1989. Number two, treadmills were created as torture devices in prisons. Number three, it's technically illegal to take pictures of the White House at night because of copyright laws. Or number four, the Salem witch trials actually lasted only seven hours. So to recap again, The the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has not eaten candy since 1989. 
treadmills were created as torture devices in prisons. Number three, it's technically illegal to take pictures of the White House at night because of copyright laws. Or number four, the Salem witch trials lasted only seven hours. Okay, so I know the Salem witch trials did not only last seven hours. Okay, cross that one right yeah, off the list. Cross that one off. Okay. Treadmills are torture devices. They are. But I think I'm gonna go with taking pictures uh, of the White House at night. Should be Is illegal. illegal. Yeah. Okay, lock it in. Yes, lock me in, Jacob. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that is incorrect. It is actually true of the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower is seen as a um, as a piece of art when it is lit up. So it is technically illegal to take pictures of the Eiffel Tower. But I just kind of flipped the White House in there because I needed some false facts. Very devious on my part. That's what yeah. I know. <laughs> That's this. amazing. I, you know, and I'm not believing that The Rock has not eaten candy in 33 years. Like what? Right. Well, that's what you. These are the three options you're left with. Uh, the Rock has not eaten candy since 1989. The treadmills, the torture devices, or the Salem witch trials, which you've already crossed off. Now, I will. I will just preface this by saying, and not that you are Jacob. I don't want to put that upon you, but Jacob has been notorious for crossing things off immediately, and it turns out that that's the right answer. I don't want to put that. On, I don't want to shade you anyway, but I'll just put that out there just so you know and have a little bit more. Uh, insight into the, uh, the the game itself. So there you go. The Rock, Treadmills, Salem Witch Trials. Okay. I really do not want to go with The Rock because he could be eating candy in secret every right. day. <laughs> he looks like a Sour Patch guy, you know? I agree. I agree. All right. So we're going to go with the treadmill as torture devices. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yes, that is absolutely correct. That what, is I, correct. I like the fact that Chantel has gotten one, you know, pretty much right out of the box where Jacob, you know, he, he scraped by by the skin of his teeth. That can't make you feel too good there, my friend. Not at all. Not at all. And every person we get in, it just makes me look worse. And I, I'm not liking it. All right. I might need to retire soon. Now, uh, this next person, uh, well, let's go to Anthony in the mail truck. He used to be a, a staple of the segment. But uh, he's been missing here the last couple of weeks. Gordon, tell me about yes. to work, man. All right. Well, look, you're in the mail truck. You're working as you're calling us. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. That's it, man. Wow. And uh, last week I was partying with Joe Klecko for his son's wedding, so I, I couldn't. Uh, All right. I couldn't call that either. Fair enough. We see what your priorities are now, Anthony. All right, here we go, Anthony. Real quick. <laughs> um, number one. Armadillo shells are bulletproof. Number two, it takes a drop of water just under one year to travel the entire span of the Mississippi River. River. Number three, there are more chickens in the U.S. than people on Earth. Or most whales die by drowning. So again, number one through four, armadillo shells are bulletproof. Takes a drop of water just under one year, actually 11 months, to travel the entire span of the Mississippi River. There, number three, number, there are more chickens in the U.S. than people on Earth. Or number four, whales die by drowning. And by chickens, we mean alive chickens, not dead chickens. Right. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the whales. The I'm whales. Most da whales die by drowning. Yeah, lock it in. Lock it in. Locked in. All right. Yeah, see, this is what happens when you take a couple of weeks off. You're out of practice. Yeah, no, uh, most whales actually die by boat strike. Uh, I was surprised by that. Boat strike is actually the number oh, wow. one cause of death in whales. 
Sometimes they do. They can die by drowning because they get so old uh, that they just can't resurface. So they do. Some of them do die by drowning, but I don't believe it's one of the top ten reasons uh, or causes for. Although I don't know, like who's going down to the bottom of the ocean to find out how many die. You know, in fairness. But there you go, Anthony. Of the research that I have done, no, uh, most whales do not die by drowning. All right, so we got three left: armadillo shells, drop of water in the Mississippi, or chickens and people. All right, I'm crossing off the. Uh Mississippi because that just okay. doesn't really seem right. I'm going to go with the armadillo. Armadillo shells are bulletproof. Locked in? Yeah. Let's go with it. Locked in. No, that is also incorrect. Like, they can maybe withstand like a BB gun, but that's about it. No, an actual bullet, they, 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 it goes right through them. That rock flies right through paper. No, yeah, armadillo shells are not bulletproof. So now you're down to two, the one that you crossed off in the Mississippi River or more chickens in the U.S. than people on Earth. Let's go with the chickens. Just by, uh, by uh, crossing everything off. Locked in. All right, he's locked in. Yes, that is correct. Nine billion chickens in the U.S. I mean, we are just slaughtering chickens on an every... They're just so delicious. Everything about them. In every stage of their development. Eggs, wings, everything. All right, nice job, Anthony. Uh, make sure you, you know, make sure you leave the schedule open next week uh, so that. Uh, all right. So uh, I'll give both uh, Chantel and Jacob one more crack at this. This one, though, we're going to shake it up a little bit. This one, I'm going to give you three true facts and one false fact. So you got to spot the false fact out of this one. Okay. All right. That work for you. Yep. And we'll do it at the same time. All right. Here they are. Number one, scorpions can hold their breath for up to six days. Number two, before her death, the Queen of England owned a McDonald's. Number three, the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride featured real skeletons and skulls. Or number four, psychopaths are immune to contagious yawning. Contagious yawning means you yawn and you feel that, you know, somebody else feels the, the urge to yawn. Psychopaths are immune to contagious yawning. You gotta find. You gotta find the fake one of the four of these. Don't all answer at once. Jacob, Chantel, uh, anything? Yeah, I, I yeah, feel strongly about. We're uh, conferring right now. Okay. Quick. Show ends at six, guys. I'm just saying. You know, you might <laughs> okay. want to get a little bit of a. So still got picks to do. We're like we're split on it. Okay. Uh, Chantel has one and I have one. That's a good way to go about it. You go first, Jacob. Okay, so I think it's uh, the one that's false is Psycho's Immune to Contagious Yarn. Okay, you'll go with number four. Chantel, what are you going with? I'm going to go with the queen owning a McDonald's. She's just too much of a classy lady. Right. Locking both in? I'm indeed locking it in. Well, I will tell you, you are both incorrect, and I will also tell you I tricked you. They All four of those are actually true. Wow. They're all actually true. The Queen of England actually owned two McDonald's uh, before her death. Scorpions can actually hold their breath up to six days. The original Pirates of the Caribbean ride actually featured, I mean, it was a different time, people, real skeletons. Uh, hey, there's Uncle Joe. Uh, and then psychopaths, yes, they are immune, doctors say, to contagious yawning because they just have no uh, connection to uh, other people. So there you go. So that, my friends, is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of this beautiful segment, you 
Whether you've wanted to or not, have learned it to. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We're getting some baseball stuff with the free agency, Judge, DeGrom, all that more. 530 NFL picks. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. But I do want to touch on some baseball stuff. Not that anything really has happened in the baseball stuff because it's baseball. Every other sport, you hit free agency. Oh, there's this deal. There's that deal. Baseball, eh, it'll take weeks. <laughs> At least when it comes to the big names. And there's no bigger name, obviously, than Aaron Judge. And you got that, um, that interview that they did on uh, the Yes Network with Hal Steinbrenner saying that he has spoken several times since the season has ended with Aaron Judge and he feels good about those talks. And here's the thing. Um, if you had to gauge it by public opinion, not that that means anything at all, it does feel a little bit more now yes than no. If you went into the offseason like you didn't know if Judge is going to be back, and it was 50-50 at that point, nothing that has happened so far, I don't think, has made you feel like, uh-oh, he's deaf, the signs are on the wall. You know, like during the season, the, the Giants were out there as a possible team, and, and clearly, if it's not the Yankees, it seems like that that would be the number one contender to sign Aaron Judge. But when free agency, like there were times during the season, it seemed like, oh, free agency will open and there'll be a deal in place right away. Or, you know, within a day or two, there'll be a deal in place and he's gone. He's going home. And and that hasn't happened. Now, it does kind of feel like the the public opinion has swung a little bit too much that he's definitely going to be back. I don't know if it's there yet, but I've always kind of felt like he was going to be back. It's best for him. It's best for the Yankees. And the Yankees are selling you status quo this offseason, right? Like, Get ready for the most boring offseason you've ever seen because they're going to, if they can, they're going to bring back Judge and they're going to, that's going to be the big move. There's not going to be anything else. They're not raising payroll. They're not, like this idea that any, if anyone anywhere has this idea that they're going to go sign Carlos Correa or one of these big shortstops or one of these big free agents, I'll let you know it's time to come back to planet Earth. I don't know where you are in the universe, but back here on planet Earth, the sky is blue. Um, it, it's time for you to return home. Uh, that's not going to happen. And if you are one of these people that like, hey, the Yankees, they haven't won a World Series in this long, and they have to, they have to do what's necessary in the offseason, they don't do these things anymore. The, I, the, the days of the big press conference, the big signing, and that, I, I, I guess it ended with Garrett Cole. I don't think that they're going to be doing that again anytime soon. And it's clear that they judge this season as a successful season. And they told you all you needed to know. And, and you probably, if you're like me, you probably felt like that this was the case anyway. Their plan is to run it back. They'll make a tweak. They'll make a change here or there. But it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's becoming kind of hard to find where the, tw- where the changes are going to come. Because if you're not going out and getting one of the big-time shortstops, and they're not, uh, if Josh Donaldson is going to be the third baseman, at least to start next season, which it seems like he is, Bader set in center. They're not, I don't think, making a change at catcher. They're happy there. Judge is back in right field. They'd like to bring back Rizzo. Maybe there's a possibility that somebody else swoops in and signs him. Uh, maybe there's a chance that Glaber gets traded and you put LeMahieu at second again, although I don't really know if that makes sense now with the, the rule change and the age and the, the injury problems that he's had. 
he seems like more of a guy that's going to play a little first, a little third, and, and, and maybe play a little bit of second base, but he's going to move around, be a utility guy. Um, so I, I don't know where, even if you were expecting a big change, I don't know where that big change would, what position would that be? So it, I said this last week, uh, and it's completely true. The motto that the Yankees have trotted out there of the only successful season is one that ends in a championship. If that was ever true, it's long gone, man. And at this point, that's a marketing slogan. That's something that they throw out to the fans to make it seem like that they're far more committed to winning at all costs than they are. Because they've shown you they're not committed to winning at all costs. They're, 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 they're committed to winning at costs that are under the luxury tax. That, that's the cost. <laughs> that will tell you all you need to know. And if you've had the season that you had, and it ends in disappointment yet again, it's been five consecutive years without a championship where this was supposed to be the championship window, you don't make any changes in terms of the front office or the manager or anything like that, it's kind of impossible to make anybody, or it should be impossible to make anybody believe that you're all that disappointed with the results. So that idea of any, champ, any year that ends without a championship is a disappointment, that is a marketing slogan. And much like other marketing slogans, you know, Red Bull does not give you wings. Cocoa Puffs are not part of a balanced breakfast. The Yankees are not judging themselves on championships or bust. So we'll see if and when the Aaron Judge decision comes down. Uh, I, I think he is going to be back. If he's not, boy, oh, boy, that really leaves it wide open uh, because that's a huge piece to replace, and you can't replace it with just a single piece. So uh, until they get that piece in place, it's almost impossible to expect them to go out and do anything. Uh, now, as for the Mets, the Mets are far more interesting because the Mets are far less predictable. And, you know, the Yankees, it, it seems silly that they look at themselves as having a successful season. There's no way that the Mets can really look at themselves as having a successful season. The Mets' goals were the Yankees' goals, championship or bust. And it, they got proven that their foundation is flawed. They, they cannot go back into next year and, and, and put out, you know, well, we're, we're going to go with DeGrom and Scherzer. That's going to be, you know, the foundation of our rotation because who's going to beat those guys in a short series? We got the answer this year. The answer was the San Diego Padres. So DeGrom is going to be a fascinating decision for the Mets to make because how many starts can you really expect out of the guy next year? I don't think you can expect 30 or over 30. Can you expect 25? Because that's basically what he's thrown the last two years combined. Next year, he's 35. Injuries certainly have been a, a problem. So you could say, well, you know what? Maybe it's time to turn the page. But what's the plan B without him? Like, what, what's the other options? Like, I've seen that, well, you know, if they don't bring back DeGrom, they might go after Rodon. They might bring uh, in Verlander. I mean, Rodon is, is, is just as injured as anybody. Now, he had a great year this year, but, I mean, he's been injured a lot as well, and, and Verlander is even older. So DeGrom is one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise, and I thought that when now – um, Steve Cohen running the, the show, money is no object. So I don't know why all of a sudden it, it kind of feels like Met fans are okay with not bringing back DeGrom. If that's the case, I think that the, the okay, fine. What's plan B? How do you become better by not going out? Because again, it's just money. It's not a trade. It's not, and it really won't be, you know, you're not talking about seven, eight years. You're talking about maybe three years, maybe four, maybe three with an option or something along those lines. Because I don't think in terms of money, if money is the number one thing for Jacob deGrom, 
I find it hard to believe that somebody is going to be willing to pay him more or should be willing to pay him more than the Mets themselves. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get to our NFL picks, and they are next, right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The deal by now. There is no host on this station who has more accurate picks than I do this season. This is not opinion. This is not point of view. This is not, well, you know, a good here, bad there. This is not something that you can, it's, it's not um, Isaiah Kainafalefa is uh, one of the top defensive shortstop. There are no stats that can disprove the fact that no, he's not actually, and no, I'm definitely not something other than the best, the most accurate. Stone cold numbers. And as I continue to tell you each week before the season, everyone on the station was required to sign up for the Cover 5 app. Free app. Just told you, right? You make five picks a week. They track it. Again, our group is NY22. Uh, now, there's uh, been uh, 1600, over 1,600 people that have signed up. 1,660. I am currently 40th. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Last week, a 4-1 week. Two weeks ago before that, we were 5-0. and Now, you might be saying, uh, all right, Gordon, 40th. Uh, where are the other hosts? They're probably like right behind. They're probably a good week away from, from overtaking you. And you're only going to mention this while you're in front. And that is true. But it's going to be more than a week or two before they catch up, if they catch up at all. Currently, I am 40th. Where would you say, all right, where's the number two person? Who's the number two? Well, the Kester, I'm assuming that is the official Michael K. He's in second place, but he's it's pretty far back there. He's 276th. That is a far cry from 40th. And, look, Michael K's great, love him, but also a little fraudulent because he also has an entry of Michael K, which is running 517. And I did the math. 276, 517 divided by 2. That's 396. But he's currently in second place. Don LaGreca, he's in third. 324. And then, and then the drop comes. Then the drop really comes. Rick DiPietro. 374. I, look, Rick was up there with me for a while. But it, things have, he's fallen on hard times. I think he actually missed, I heard he misunderstood those gambling ads when they say if you have a gambling problem, call this number. He called just because his picks have been so bad. And they respond, look, sir, that's not, that's not really what we do here. But he's looking for help. He's 374, and he's not even the worst of it. Dan Grossa, 552. Then, then there's a real wide gap. Then, you know, like when you're, you're you, 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 if you're at a certain age like I am, and they ask you for your birth date, and you have to go to the year, and you have to really spin it for a wheel. That's what you have to do to find the rest of the 98.7 staff. Big, wide gap. Dave Rothenberg's at 845. That's closer to the bottom than the top. You, you're better off going from the bottom and, and going up the way. Larry, uh, he's um, Larry's struggled. I'm not going to point fingers at poor Larry. He's on his way out. He's, he's, he's starting to come back up the way. And then Rosenberg Radio, of the hosts of uh, that I know. See, I should say uh, that I know 
he's at 1,065, because there's more than that, more hosts than that on the station, and everybody was required. I've done a little detective work. I don't know if I should bring this up on the air or not. I could get myself in trouble. I'll leave it alone for this week. I got to do more investigating. Because there's they some other hosts that I feel terrible. that are, yeah, I, th- I feel like there's some other hosts hiding under aliases. <sighs> and I, and I, one more thing before we get to the picks for this week. I know what you're saying. Gordon, those guys, they signed up for it. But they're, they're not even making picks. They probably signed up. They had a bad week or two, and they just kind of forgot about it. No, 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 no. That's not what has happened. I did the research, as I always do. If you don't sign, if you sign up and you don't make a picks any single week, it does dock you a little bit. It docks you 15 points. You lose like 15 points across the board. But trust me, these guys, they're way below. This is not just simply forgetting to take, make picks for a week or two. Now, they may give up in the future. And they may use that as an excuse in the future. But in the present, right now, they've not given up so far. This is just bad picks. And I'm telling you that my picks, they're sensational. The only thing more accurate than my picks is the opposite of their picks. So if you can find out what the rest of the host picks are and fade those, well, then you'll be Jeff Bezos in no time. But me, three weeks ago, 5-0. Last week, 4-1. Let's not talk about week nine. Uh, no, let's not talk about week eight. Week 10. Well, let's start where we always do. I have not felt this confident about a pick in a while. And I have been on this team for a while. And I have been accurate for a while. Dolphins at home for the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland on the cover five app is plus four. Well, look, a week ago, I uh, went against the Dolphins. I was correct. I don't see any reason why to break that trend this week. The Dolphin offense a week ago against the Bears was incredible, lighting things up. And the only reason why the game was all that close was because uh, Mike McDaniel kept going for it on fourth down and kept failing. But the problem is the Dolphins' defense was atrocious, and that's why the offense had to stay out on the field because they were worried about giving the ball back to Justin Fields, who was essentially doing the same thing every play. And it was running up one side of the Dolphins and down the other. Now, Cleveland has the recipe to hold the Dolphins' high-powered offense in check. They can run the ball effectively. Nick Chubb might be the best back in football. And this just kind of feels like, to me, a game that is decided by a field goal late. And I will tell you this. This is not a part of the Cover 5 app, but just for your own, I would sprinkle a little money line action on the Cleveland Browns. I just have a little sense that the Cleveland Browns are not as bad as their record says, and I get the feeling that they'll still be alive playoff-wise when Deshaun Watson does return in a couple of weeks. So give me the Browns plus the four and a little sprinkle just between you and me. All right, game number two, Giants at home for the Texans. Now, I don't like this line, that, but this game is very interesting. Now, on the Cover 5 app, it's six and a half. Ooh, I really don't like that. But And, and what's weird about this is this is the third highest point swing of the week. Like, uh, most books, it was down to four and a half, which you would think is a sign that everybody's coming in betting the Houston Texans, but that has not been the case. Giants, the third highest wagered on favorite, but yet the spread went down to four and a half. It's, I think it's now back up to five or five and a half with most books. Um, here's the thing. The Giants generally don't blow out teams. Giants are generally good as an underdog, not as a favorite. 
But there are teams and there are games. This is one, the Giants. This should be, if the Giants are going to blow out anybody, this is the week that they're going to blow somebody out. And, and again, it's not like they've got to score 30 points to blow out the Texans. Saquon Barkley is going to have a monster game. Speaking of Sprinkle, first touchdown scored. I think uh, Saquon is sitting at like plus 450 for the week. Might be a little sprinkle there as well. I think Saquon's going to have a monster game tomorrow. Now, look, I'm a little worried about the Giants out of the bye with a game they should absolutely win in a walk. And as I mentioned, you know, I don't like betting on the team that's the third most bet on favorite. But I'm going to stick with the Giants. I've been riding the Giants here for a while. We're going to ride with them once more, minus the six and a half. Game number three, Bears at home for the Lions. Detroit plus three. It looks like the Bears are starting to figure some things out on offense. Now, the defense is still atrocious. Uh, I, I really did. I, I was starting to wonder, like, are the Bears playing with the full complement of players on defense? Because the Dolphins just had guys wide open all day long. And, and, and sometimes, like, wide open where there was not a defender in the screen. I'm like, whose man is that? I was waiting for them to throw a flag. They only have eight men on the field. Not that that's a penalty, but it's, just alert. it's never happened in NFL history that a team had eight men on the field. Uh, Justin Fields last week was a dynamic runner. Uh, and that was partly because the Dolphins' offense uh, defense is awful. But the Lions' defense is really bad, too. 31st in sacks, 30th in yards, 26th in uh, rushing yards allowed, 29th in rushing touchdowns. This is a game where they're going to have to rely on Justin Fields to uh, kind of do it all again. And I will ride with the Bears at home, minus the three. Now, it's been very. this week was very difficult for me to find games that I really like. Those first three I really like. These are more that I have to pick five games, so I'm not as confident about them. Uh, let's go game four, Monday night. Eagles at home for Washington. Eagles minus 10.5 on the uh, Cover 5 app. Philly, well, look, Philly has uh, been a juggernaut. They just crushed Washington a couple of weeks ago. And it just feels like Washington has won some games or has been in games uh, really through just sheer luck. I don't really think that they've figured anything out. They are a little healthier. Jahan Dotson's going to be back this week for them. But Philly, there's no team better at getting turnovers in the NFL than Philly. They give up the fewest turnovers in the sport. Washington is 29th in turnovers. And and with um, Heineke at quarterback, there's always a couple of plays a game where it's almost like he's trying to give the ball to the other team. So I'm going to roll with the Eagles. Monday night football at home. Their offense has basically rolled all season long. I don't like the high spread, but I'm going to roll with it. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of games. I've already outplayed the music. That's, uh, that's telling you how long the pick segment's gone. Um, here's the thing about these picks this week. It's, there's a lot of games that seem too easy. No, this is not what I learned on TikTok. We can't go to this music. I don't care if we got music for the rest of the... There we go. You don't need music the rest of the segment, but we can't have the, woo, the wacky, goofy 70s game show music. That's for pick. Those are for other people's picks. They should have the Benny Hill music playing underneath their picks. My picks are, again, in case you haven't heard, most accurate on the station. Um, the Cowboy game, that, that's one that just seems too easy, right? It's too easy. Packers have been terrible. They're going to have, they're going to be drafting very high up in the draft. Aaron Rodgers looks shot. They're, they can't beat the Lions. They can't, the Cowboys, they're going to roll over. It just seems too easy. Too easy. That Raiders, I, I wanted to take the Raiders, but that is, that's a train wreck of a game there, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I kind of wanted to go with uh, Broncos and Tennessee, but I, I was looking at Denver there. 
uh, because their defense is so good. But the quarterback situation looks like Tannehill might be back. If, if Willis had been the quarterback, maybe I would have went with Denver. It's tough to find another game. But with the news today that it looks like that Josh Allen is going to play. Now, I will give you this. If it turns out Sunday morning that Josh Allen, it's all been a ploy and he's not actually going to start, well, then I'll go a different way. But as things stand right now at this moment in time, it looks like Josh Allen is going to play. The line on the Cover 5 app is Buffalo minus 6.5. And And if that's the case, give me Buffalo minus uh, basically a touchdown. Minnesota is a bit of a paper tiger. There's no way they should have won that game last week, although I'll take it because it was a nice push for me on FanDuel. Uh, Buffalo has to be ticked off after the way that they performed against the Jets and now have left this division wide open. And Buffalo has these games every once in a while where they just kind of sleepwalk against opponents that they should put down. And I think that that was part of it last week. Now, the Jets took advantage of it, but Buffalo has to come out this week at home a ticked-off team. Josh Allen's playing. If he wasn't playing, okay, fine. He's there. I know they're banged up, but they got to pick things up, man. There's only one team that gets the bye this year in the playoffs in each conference. And if Buffalo wants to be that team and not, I mean, look, it's it's right there. It, they could be they could end up being a wild card team this year if they don't pick things up. If Josh Allen has any drop off whatsoever, AFC East, man, it's all packed in there tight. They have to win games, and I think this week against a Minnesota team on the road, outdoors, Kirk Cousins, I don't trust him one bit. I was kicking myself for taking him last week until the end where until Washington turned the ball over a bunch of times. So pick number five will be Buffalo, minus the six and a half at home. All right, that's the picks. 1-800-919-ESPN. Coming up, we'll wrap things up on the phones. It's the Gordon Damer Show. Before we hand things off to Ty Butler at 6, only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, we've hit on the Knicks. We've hit on the, the Yankees, the Mets. I haven't done any hockey. But that's not really my forte. I think that's pretty well established by now. It's always funny to me when the people tell you, oh, why don't you talk enough hockey? And I say, well, I don't really like it. Oh, you should talk about it. Well, why would you want me to talk about something that I don't really know that much about? should talk about it anyway. I think we got enough people say, uh, espousing opinions on things that they have absolutely no, no idea about. I think we got that pretty well covered. I don't think I need to n- throw my hat in the ring on that one. All right, let's go back to the phones, wrap things up there. 1-800-919-ESPN, the telephone number. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, my friend, what's going on? Hi, Gordon. Gordon, did you see what the Philly manager did? He pulled uh, Wheeler. He did the same thing the Houston manager did with Granky. You remember against Washington? Yep. yep. What these guys? I guess the manager doesn't. Ma- and I'm sure it wasn't his decision. It was made from upstairs. I'm sure. So all these Yankee fans were always complaining about Boone. We can complain about him, but he's just a figurehead. He doesn't make those decisions. I'm sure of it. Sure of it. Well, I mean, How the only I- thing that I would say in that in that regard, and and maybe it is the wrong decision, clearly because of how it worked out. Philly scored. I know, but they scored one run. It didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't – they didn't score. That, that was the problem. That doesn't have anything to do with the decision. Score. No, Gordon. If the decision is wrong, it's wrong. I don't but, care if they didn't score anything. It doesn't matter. Did well, they, they could have left him in. and We don't know how what would have happened if they left him in. If they left him in, it might have been wrong, too. 
If he left, the guy was pitching a shutout. I know, but maybe, maybe they see signs that he's tired if they leave. <laughs> we don't know how it works out if they leave him in. Maybe the same thing happens. We don't know anything. I, I does, I mean, you, well, know, you know what doesn't is, in, is not impacted by leaving him in or taking him out is the amount of runs you scored, and they just didn't score any runs. And you can say, yeah, give an excuse for anything. You do not take a pitcher pitching a shutout out. I mean, that makes no sense. I, don't, I can never be convinced of that. All right, Gordon, as far as the Jets and Giants, I am so happy, just like the Yankees and Mets. They gave us a great season. I mean, you know, they were pertinent, relevant. They were both in it. I mean, at one point in the beginning of the year, I thought Joe Walter and uh, Boone were hands down uh, uh, coaches of the year. Of the, uh, managers of the year. Yeah. Now, of course, the Philly manager in football, uh, Philly coaches, the uh, coach of the year in the NFC. But Dayball is going to be number two. And if the Jets keep doing what they're doing, uh, Sal is going to be coach of the year. He's got well, here, guy, Richard, so. i got to run because we're running out of time. There's only one coach of the year. Uh, there's only one award. I don't think they give it out in the AFC and NFC unless they've changed that recently. Um, and if the Eagles – I mean, I think the Eagles, it, the reason why you say Sirianni is because they're undefeated right now. If they lose a couple of games here down the stretch, to me, Brian Dable has done an amazing job and has to be either one or two. And if it's not him, it probably should be Pete Carroll um, with what they've done. But, look, this, this still half of the season to play. And the difference between the Jets and Giants is there were no expectations. The Yankees and Mets, there were. And the Yankees and Mets failed to live up to those expectations. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thanks to Jacob. Thanks to Chantel. Great stuff as always. Ty Butler is up next, and it's only here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. See ya.